recession success story. So many women, especially, have been financially hit hard by the pandemic. What Denise Espalter did to come out of it with even more clarity and more confidence, you can absolutely do the same. Plus, today, the new child tax credit. We're going to explain who it benefits, when do you get your money, how long is it going to last, and explaining supply and demand to your kids, a powerful budgeting lesson. We'll talk about that, too. Thank you so much for making time to listen to the 7 Figures podcast, Smart Money Strategies for Women. Thank you for following, for sharing, for telling a friend about the episodes. And, you know, really the goal is just to have these open conversations about money. It should feel comfortable for you to talk about money. And it's so important that we learn from each other and at least have a good understanding of what's out there, what our options are. So before we chat with Denise, a She Session success story, let's start the show with no dumb questions. Our favorite grandpa's here. (laughs) Yay. Hi, Sandy. Hi, everybody. <laughs> All right, Grandpa Mark, we love to call him Grandpa Mark, but he's a professor emeritus at uh, the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, author of Teachers Can Be Financially Fit. He is an economist, and uh, he's our grandpa. Okay. Four grandchildren. <laughs> oh, and then all of us. <laughs> Um, Okay, the one thing I think a lot of people are talking about and having questions around is the newest stimulus, right? The rescue plan. But that child tax credit, can you help us understand that? Well, it's a big deal. Uh, So this is right part of the American Rescue Act of 2021. And so the package for 2020 uh, is $2,000 per child under age 17. The package in 2021, so this now this tax year, so at the end of this year, you could uh, qualify for $3,000 per child, 17 and below. And then you can get an additional amount of money for a child that is six years old or younger. So in 2021, you're eligible if you're single, if you're $75,000 or less. So if you were a single teacher uh, and you're making less, less than 75,000, which you, if you're just depending on your teacher income, you almost certainly are, uh, you'll be eligible. If you're a joint filer, so let's say our teacher is married to another teacher, uh, probably 150,000 if they're filing jointly, again, they probably qualify. And for just for a regular single house, uh, single head of house, it's 112,500. So that's quite a step down from the 400,000 and 200,000. So there are some families in 2021 that might not be eligible. But for those that are, uh, it's a much more generous uh, kind of plan. When are we getting the money though? So normally (laughs) a tax credit is, I think that's what the confusing part is. Is it Come tax time, you get that credit, or is it throughout the year? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> so the the way Congress put this together is that they have uh, made it available in several installments. So I think July to December, mm-hmm. you could get half. So let's say you have three thousand coming. Well, then you could get fifteen hundred dollars in payments from July to December, and then. The, the remaining 1500 you would just deduct from your taxes. 
Now, do you have to opt into that or is that just how the system is going to be? My understanding is you are opted in. You can opt out. Uh, but I think the default that Congress put in is that you're automatically going to get these checks during that period. And they're just going to direct deposit it uh, right into your checking account like a normal IRS deposit would happen. This just passed, right? So um, the IRS is uh, intending to put up a portal uh, that will answer a lot of the questions and have a calculator. Uh, Kiplinger.com, K-I-P-L-I-N-G-E-R dot com has a 2021 child tax credit calculator. Mm. And I tried it this morning. I put in fictionist income. I put in how many kids, you know, three kids, boom, boom, bang, bang. I mean, it's quick. And this will give them a really good estimate of what they might be getting uh, in 2021. Okay. Now, how do you feel about this? So put on your economist hat. Do you think, because it is a big, I mean, you hear it a lot. The, there's so many families that are struggling just to feed their children. Do you think this is going to help these families who need it? Yeah, I, I think it's going to help a lot of families that uh, were hurt during this uh, COVID situation. It's temporary. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling this time next year, we'll be talking about the permanent increase uh, to the child tax credit. I think just using a common sense and how politicians act, I suspect that this will, so this is just an opinion, uh, just knowing how Congress works and things like that, that this is gonna be very popular. And I suspect that it'll be easy to introduce a bill that'll say, well, we're just gonna make this permanent now. And and so it's a really big change. I mean, because uh, now, rather than waiting for all of the income to come at tax time, yeah. it comes right now uh, as a payment along the way. So that's a pretty big shift. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much. How can we find you, follow you, support you, buy your oh. book, all that good stuff? <laughs> <laughs> if, if you uh, put my name, which is Mark, M-A-R-K, Shug, S-C-H-U-G, into a, if you just go to Amazon, put my name into an Amazon search, under books, uh, teachers can be financially fit, will pop right up. And if you do the same thing, just put my name in a search and you'll, it'll take you right to markshug.com. That's got my email, it's got my phone number. So if you want to send me a text or anything, just uh, go right ahead. All right. I like to call her a she session success story because she came out of this pandemic with more clarity and confidence, and she's going to teach us how to do the same. Denise Spelter, next. Oh my God, my dog. I'm afraid my dogs are gonna bark. Hold on. It's just me, it's all good. Oh. <laughs> now that they hear you, maybe they'll be fine now. <laughs> okay, Denise Espalter, uh, founder of Unboxed Life and Style. You are like a she session success story. Aw, thanks. Have you, heard, have you heard that phrase? I mean, that's- no. That, a she session, but it's so hard to say. <laughs> she she sells seashells by the seashore. So back in like the last recession that we had, 2008, yeah. 2009, that was like the housing crisis, right? right so it was right. significant, but they were referring to that as a man session because the industries oh. that were impacted the most typically were male. Right. The numbers were more in the- in the Male dominated. Right. Like the yeah. construction and the financial. 
Where now as the pandemic, they're referring to it as a she session because it's the service industry that was impacted. And by numbers, it's mostly the women. On top of that, it's the moms who've walked away from the workforce or cut back hours just to take care of the kids. So, and it's pretty much you. You were like the poster (laughs) child yet success story. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I know. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I really do. I think other people who are in it right now who have been impacted Yeah. That's why I'm so excited to talk to you today. Cause you really, I mean, you didn't skip a freaking beat. (laughs) Well, maybe a little, I had to, I I just had to, because it it was just number one, my personality, I can't stay, I can't just, you know, hang out and just do nothing. Um, I you know, I drive myself crazy, (laughs) but then I was like, you know, I've got to do something, you know? And, and when I was laid off, I was working with Lord and Taylor, amazing opportunities. I was about to get promoted again. I was traveling to stores. I was at the peak. I thought of like, oh, this is great. You know, my background is marketing and design. I was doing, you know, community outreach programs, fashion shows. You came and hosted one, um, you know, also styling people. And so it was great. And then COVID hit and I got laid off. That was so, like the perfect job too. I mean, that was such, it was, it was a, great and a great company. Yep. Yep. And the people I worked with were amazing. Um, and not just locally, but like in the corporate offices were great and stuff. And so I don't know, I just, you know, when you find yourself and you're like, Oh, I finally feel I'm at a good spot. And then it just crumbles all to pieces. And I, I call this the COVID crumble because I feel like, especially women, we, are supposed to just pick up the pieces and try to go again. And with COVID hitting, you know, we had to really like, holy crap, wear multiple different hats. My kids were all sent home, you know, homeschooling. We're a blended family. So I have my two daughters and then my stepdaughter and then our schedules back and forth. And then trying to be like a therapist at home, tell, you know, with the kids, like what's our new norm and wearing the masks and no mask. And so it, it, it was, you know, pretty tricky, but that's why I launched this company Unboxed life and style. And I took the opportunity with, you know, getting the stimulus and saying, okay, what am I going to do with this? And let's use it for a good, for a good reason, a good cause. And so I I did, I decided to start a business. um, And I, I call it now I I multiplied and investing now my knowledge onto others, which has helped. So you know, I help women just kind of get out of that rut. It started more with like gift boxes and helping people feel better about themselves during this really, you know, crazy time and self, you know, really self good and self care. And then it evolved to me into also me helping other women getting out of their fearness and, and and kind of pivot their mindset to what they can, you know, push themselves to. So plus with my past experiences and, and stuff, it kind of all tied together. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's really only been a year and you've done so much in just this short amount of time. How long were you like the minute you were laid off from this fantastic company doing this job where you're like, that's it. I've made it. This is where I want to stay. How long were you down and out? Did you ever feel sorry for yourself or hit that point? I mean, I think at the beginning it was more of a a shock. And Mm -hmm. then when you started to see like everyone was already trickling and all of your coworkers. And then I saw my dad get laid off and then um, my husband got lost his job. And then I was just like, you know, then it kind of hits you like, holy crap, this is actually, this is serious and 
things are not going to get well for a while. And I think that's what people at first were, were having trouble realizing how long was this going to take? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I struggled a little bit, I would say a couple months of just trying to be like, okay, what, what are we going to do? <laughs> so then yeah. I was like, this is, I need to start. And I, I joke around, I ended up, you're going to be like, Oh God, Denise, I, <laughs> I actually felt I blame, I blame the idea of unbox on a concussion in my cat because I was coming down my stairs and I stepped on my cat and I fell and hit my head and I ended up with a concussion. And I swear, like two days later, I was like, "Bing, I have an idea." <laughs> like, came from the concussion, but I don't know. But, <laughs> but it kind of that's where I was like, you know, people need to feel well. People are just stuck, and and I can't stand. I myself can't stand that mindset. And and learning how to pivot like these really large circumstances. And you know, my story of like I had a career before I got into Lord and Taylor in media and advertising where. I was successful doing great, but I, I wasn't happy. And I would, I had to walk away. I walked, I chose to, you know, leave that because I knew I w- that's not where I needed to be. That's a big life. Ex- that's a big life change. Yes. I walked away from a 10 year marriage. That's a huge life change. I mean, it was unhealthy and toxic, but I have two beautiful girls. And then another example, COVID and then losing a job and not knowing where I am. So I was like, these are such big life changes that a lot of women do not know how to pivot and really change how they're viewing their life and go move forward with it. Cause a lot of us have that dreaded fear in all of us. And that's what holds us back. So I said, I am on a mission to change this and really change how, especially women, cause I feel like we put so much pressure on ourselves to be the best mom, the best daughter, the best wife, the best employee, you know what I mean? And keeping up with the Joneses. And it's like, okay, you need to first kind of look at the bigger picture. And in order yeah. for you to be the better version of yourself, you got to focus on yourself a little bit more. So where I find myself just doing these silly little tasks, yeah. just because they're on my list of to do's. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not even looking at the big picture of my life, how right. I can move forward. Hold on a second. Right. Yeah. Okay. The dishes are clean, but you know, what? so that, much more that I, I have finally realized, okay, that's like my pet peeve is going to bed with dishes in the sink. Yes. Insane. Amen. I've learned to start to like, okay, <gasps> I can't, I know, I know. But during the day, I'm always like, if there's dishes during the day, but as long as at night, okay. But I mean, it's like the, like you said, the bigger picture, like, you know, the house is not going anywhere. The laundry, I hate doing laundry. <laughs> you know, I, it's not, not going to go anywhere, but like, I always say, especially self-care is not selfish. And I think that a lot of people forget about that because I always say, if mama's happy, we are good. So <laughs> if I yeah. can take, you know, a 20 minutes to myself and like, you know what, I'm going to take a nice hot shower and I don't know, painting my nails is relaxing, or, you know, I'm going to go for a walk or journaling or however you feel is something that you can just take a little bit. It does really help you clearing your mind and kind of having a better schedule and day. Yeah. But we forget, we absolutely forget, or we push it off. Okay, fine. I know. (laughs) I'll do it in a five more minutes. That's what you're not supposed to do. I know. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But that's awesome that you were able to get out of that because the victim mode, I think, is the instant reaction yeah. to any major life change when it's out of nowhere. 
when it's right. something you can't control, it just happens to you. Yeah. It's just natural to be in that woes me and right. to kick yourself out of it. And now you helping other women kick themselves yeah. out <laughs> of it. Denise is going to kick you out. Um, okay. So before we get into unbox life and style and, and how else, um, you help women, I want to just touch on the whole finances part mm-hmm. of this, the money yep. side of it. I think it's very, very important for all of us just to feel comfortable and open right. about our money in the conversations. Right. Right. So now you were laid off. Your husband was laid off at the oh, same time. Hello. Yeah. 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 And it's a blended family before COVID even hit when you guys yeah. were both working on a scale of one to 10, what would you say? Um, your engagement with the family budget was how involved were you? Pretty good. That's one thing oh, okay. I think. Yeah. I mean, past marriage, not so good. This marriage, great. Like, <laughs> okay. Lesson you learned. Got <laughs> it. <laughs> but I think the key is communication and trust. Mm-hmm. And I think that you have to have an open communication when it comes to finances, because especially two people and then families and joining yeah, it can be tricky and figuring things out. But I think the main thing is just having a very open communication. Um, and that's what my, Jonathan and I are, you know, what's coming in and out of our a bank account? What do we have? Like, you know, for a while, I used to love what Dave Ramsey would say and how you budget things aside, or he has this whole envelope system. Yes, I don't know if you've seen yep. It. yep. Um, but I, that sometimes, you know, even to myself, I can't go to Target. That's a bad place for me. So. <laughs> I think we're so all I, I saying have yes. to be budgeted. And it's, it's true though, because like my girls, they all have horse lessons and that can be pricey. And then, you know, it's just a matter of an, us trying to teach that to our daughters as well. Yeah. Um, the lesson of that money is something that you work for. And it, it's not something like they say, Oh, just write a check or just use your card, mom. It's not, you know, that simple. Um, but I think finances, if it's, it's one of those topics that you can't be afraid to talk about with your partner, because if you are, then that's where, you know, problems may arise um, or, you know, not being truthful in what you're really spending or whatnot. So yeah, I think the best thing is just be open. And that envelope method is the whole set aside, you know, entertainment. Here's how much I'm going to allow myself this month for entertainment. Uh, the kids, this is right. how much money I'm like, just Food, categories. Groceries. Yeah. 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 Once yeah. you run out of money, that's it. You have to wait till next month. That's <laughs> it kids. Right. Yeah. You're not eating. Cause mommy spent all the money. No, I'm just kidding. I'm teasing. Um, I went to target. <laughs> <laughs> because I went to ta- <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, okay. So it's always been at the forefront. You've always talked yeah. about it. Was there any big, like, Oh my God, what a coulda shoulda lesson you learned? From the pandemic that maybe you're consciously doing differently with your budget that maybe we can pick up on? Uh, well, I, I think just being more mindful of where we're spending our money. Because I think once we hit that and we both realized we were both out of a job, um, thank goodness we got these stimulus packages and, and all that stuff. But still, it was where like where, okay, no more so much out to eat, no more so much, you know, obviously we're, we're trying to be more conscious of what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's the biggest lesson that I think we've tried to take through into our everyday now. I mean, we're still going through the pandemic, but yes, you know, we're now working, but um, just being a lot more self-conscious of not, not doing the silly things that we don't particularly need when you go shopping or whatever, you know what I mean? Um, 
that's, I think the, the biggest thing that we've still continued is just watching where exactly what's a need and what's a want, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. How much did you let the girls know about what was going on? Because that must be a big fear as a parent. You don't want them to start to get worried. It's fun. Yeah. My little one, the eight-year-old, not as much, but the two 10-year-olds were pretty aware. Um, you know, oh my God, no one has a, no one has a job in this house. Are we going to be okay? You know, you know, it's like, yeah, we're going to be fine. Don't worry. You know, we're always making it work. And we did, we never showed them that we were going through anything. Um, and, and, and it's not about like, Line your kids and but just still protecting them in the way that there's yeah. that was so stressful everyone's at home you know what I mean though everyone was you know learning remote and people losing jobs and then the news or this or that so yeah so obviously trying to protect them and making them still feel secure um was huge yeah yeah and it's hard not to wear your emotions oh, you know gosh, what I mean yeah, like yeah. If you and your husband are stressing about how are we going to pay the next bill? Yeah. To hide that from your kids, that's tough. Yeah. Definitely. Yep. All right. Or, or conversations that you have at night in bed when they're asleep. <laughs> Where you think they're not listening. Yeah. It's, yeah. 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 They're always listening. Always. <laughs> Especially <laughs> the 10 year olds. They are always <laughs> listening. All right. So now let's talk about um, you inspiring and helping other women. You have the mindful, movement guide, self-journaling, yeah. which you talked about, is that what you were referring to, to kind of just be mindful and, and take time for yourself? Yeah. And you know, one thing I do push a lot, especially to women that I talk to, um, is having a routine, starting your day is so important. How you, how you start your day is very important. Yeah. One unconditional thing I have to do every day and as silly and minimal as it may be, I have to make my bed. If I don't make my bed, it drives me crazy. And it's just one thing, you know what? It's my task of the day. At least I made my bed. It's not, I can start my day. A lot of people might be, but it really, really does in your mind feel like it sets you in a better tone. Um, and then, you know, journaling is important, I think, or having, I mean, I need my cup of coffee. I wake up half an hour before I get the kids going so that I have that half an hour to myself, have yeah. my cup of coffee, have my cup of coffee, um, anything that kind of will help me get my mind kind of going for the day versus the craziness. Oh my God, let's go pack the lunches, get in the car. You know what I mean? Let me, before all that starts. <laughs> what, what would you say? Cause it, I know you are helping women just shift their mindset. Yeah. It feels like it's easier said than done though. How do you help? What do you, what do you suggest? Right. It, it, it can be, and it's a, it's a behavior change. It's a mind change and it's, you know, you have to do it for yourself. And I, I always tell them, especially on, in my circumstances, in order for you to be the better mom, the better this, the better that, I say mom in my case, um, yeah. you have to be a, the better version of yourself. And by doing that, you have to take care of yourself because you can't function and be the best that you can be or the better version of yourself if you just are not functioning at 100% because you haven't put that time in yourself. So I, I do have exercises for women. I do have things that like a course that we can go through and work through and kind of get you to where you need to be. Cause it's not, you know, super easy at first. Cause you have a lot of responsibilities, yeah. but I think if you can take the time or, or make that change, as far as, like I said, even a change in your morning routine, 
um, in the car instead of listening to whatever put on a podcast that might be inspiring and encouraging to empower you. Um, you know, there's millions of books out there by great authors that, you know, can be inspiring and, and just kind of give you a little kick to kind of be like, oh, I can do this type of thing. So I, I think that all of that and the self-care is really what I'm trying to have women, especially now, because there's so much going on to really yeah. kind of step out into that. And I think the number one thing is figuring out where your fear lies and breaking through that fear, because I, that's a huge thing that a lot of people get held back by. Um, it was, it helped me back for, you know, like I said, my career in media, I was like, I'm stuck. I'm not going to do anything else. Or unfortunately an unhealthy marriage that you're just like, I'm here for the kids. I can't, you know what I mean? So just breaking out of that, um, there's a really great exercise and I don't know, are we allowed to say curse words on this? (laughs) Oh boy. (laughs) Okay. There was an exercise. No, 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 no. no. Um, it's a, (laughs) it's a podcast world. You can do whatever. Uh Uh-huh. What do we do? The word bad, but, or bad, you know, what are your high level moments? (laughs) trying to find another word that's that's trying to be similar to that <laughs> but spell it out mom I'm sure you've done that before <laughs> bad and then ass what are your bad ass moments Sandy that you've had you in your t- life <laughs> you can totally say that okay, okay well yeah. exactly so there's an exercise yes that actually really helps and I've done this before and helps women write down your like your 10 most badass moments in your life where you think you have been, and a lot of people will be like, Oh, I, I don't have any. No, I don't. And it's like, I know, I'm trying to think, I don't know. Yeah, I'm okay. sure you do. And like, for example, like I, my, I, one of my badass moments was bringing my uh, uh, daughter my second daughter into this world. Why? Because my first pregnancy, I found out I had a blood disorder and I clot too easily. So I was on um, blood thinners every day of my pregnancy. I was a high risk I had hyper, um, high blood pressure. So I was induced early, whatever, but I did it again because I wanted to have another, another life into this world. And I knew I was putting myself at risk in a harder pregnancy, but I did it. So that, Ooh. that was a huge badass moment for me. So you know and what I'm mean? sure like, you will start reminding her of that when she yeah. turns a teenager. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like, even it's so simple as like, you know, I don't know, like I, stood up for myself when my boss did this or, you know, okay. just it can All be right. like something simple or it can be something really crazy. Um, but just remind yourself, everyone's got a story, right? So everyone has something that they can empower themselves with to not forget who they are and just take that and know like where you can get your strength from. So that's what I kind of try to push women to kind of get out there and, and get those How stories you, out. Is there an exercise that you could suggest that just helps us figure out what that next career is going to be. You, it was perfect. You, you love marketing. You love the style and fashion. You're so good at it. So what you're doing now is a perfect fit, but what if we don't know what our perfect fit is? Well, that's when you, you have to really, it's a mind, like I always say, I keep going to your mindset and figuring out what, and it can be things that you've done in the past. And let's say you you feel stuck or something. What is it that you really enjoy? Let's write it out on paper. I'm super mm-hmm. big on pen to paper and kind of seeing where you want and see yourself. Um, that's an exercise that I do and, and how to evolve. Like where, what are your true passions? You know, what, what makes you happiest? 
um, what would excite you to wake up in the morning type of thing. So those are the things that we can start writing and start developing like, okay, you know what, you're really, I see you that you want to go this way versus not the other way. You know what I mean? Let's work towards that. Let's gain your confidence and, and get yourself into that kind of a, a mindset. So that's kind of the things that we do. Um, and, you know, I have a whole like workflow and everything that goes along with it, but it's good it, stuff. And even you, <laughs> you said, I know I'm excited. Okay. So you even said that you started with unboxed life and style, and then it kind yeah. of went in this other direction too. Is it because you did one of these, like just pen to paper and write down everything that you, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then just talking to other people and a big, huge thing that I've learned recently is is surrounding yourself with like-minded people. Mm -hmm. So if you are really wanting to gain more knowledge and just grow as a person and, you know, whatever, you have to surround yourself with people that are on the same page. Otherwise it's, it's like a, a, an effect. So if you're not with the kind of the same like-minded people that are empowering you, congratulating you, and you can do it, Sandy, oh my God, congratulations versus, oh, that's cool, Sandy. Well, I, I, I think you could have done better or do you know what I mean? There's a difference yeah. and it brings you down, but, and it's, that's not what we want to. And, and it's like a whole, you put it out in the universe. You don't want to have that negativity around you because it gets you nowhere. Really. It doesn't. All right. So if you need more of those positive, like-minded people, Denise is here <laughs> for you. How can we uh, reach out to you for coaching? And then let's talk a little bit about uh, unboxed life and style and how we can do that because we can still order boxes. Yep. Right? So, yeah. So I have um, self-care boxes that have become really popular. Um, and then I also have, you know, women are in, or even, you know, a teen or whatever, some fun entrepreneur boxes that we just launched. Um, and then I still do have like women's um, teen boxes. And I think that's also really big to instill in our daughters. Um, the whole like taking care of yourself, you are an empowering girl, you can do so many things, um, you know, and just kind of giving them a little like, it's a really fun surprise for them. So definitely, it's all on the website, and you can order it through there and, and the services as well. Awesome. Okay, the website. Yep. So it's um, unboxedlifeandstyle.com. Love it. Thank you yeah. so much. Welcome. Thank you, Sandy. Explaining supply and demand to your kids, a powerful budgeting lesson. Grab a chair. We're about to take a seat at the kids' table next. Welcome to the kids' table. This is our time to take a seat at the kids' table with founder of Money Savvy Generation, Susan Beecham, is here. Hi, Susan. Hey, Sandy. All right. This is sometimes a tough pill to swallow for even <laughs> us adults. Uh, the fine line between supply and demand and what's considered price gouging. So we asked the kids, okay, let's say hypothetically there's a big snowstorm and people have lost power. They go to the store, they get a generator and whoa, the prices have jumped. What did the kids say about that? And then we'll get your take on it. Is okay. that okay? Uh, I don't think so because like you're rushing and you shouldn't pay a lot mm. for like you shouldn't pay a lot. The store shouldn't charge more. Yeah, okay. because, like, your power's going out. So, like, you need it really bad. So why would the store charge you so much? Um, in terms of how supply and demand work, that is how that would work. But I obviously wouldn't like that to happen, but the company needs to make money, so it makes sense. 
think the store is just being greedy at that point because they know everyone has zero power, zero heat. There's a snowstorm. They might have to travel far to get to the grocery store or wherever they're going. And that's just the store being greedy and wanting money and wanting to be rich when they should think about how the people are and how much money they have and should make it actually less because of how much people need. All right. So, Susan, there there is kind of a, and you see this in the news stories all the time, right? When there's a natural disaster, what's price gouging? What's supply and demand? What? How do we talk to our kids about this? Well, price gouging is illegal. We know that. And if you come across it, you can reach out to the office of the attorney general and you can report that business. So there's a consequence to price gouging. That's not supply and demand. That's There's a natural um, emergency and you need a generator and all of a sudden somebody starts to charge you two and three times for the generator. No, against the law. You can't take advantage of people like that. And think of the consequence to the business, by the way. So how are you going to feel about somebody who charged you three times what it would have cost a month before or even a week before? Didn't so you a- say, before we jumped on, you were saying that you were doing a little research, you know, after you were listening to the kids' answers on how states differ in yes. their laws. Yeah. Um, a good exercise would be to sit down and take a look at your individual state's handling of price gouging because it was a surprise to me. It's different state by state, but supply and demand. If you are a planner, if you live beneath your means, if you budget, you're less likely to be taken advantage of when you run up against a supply and demand situation. I know it's like whiplash that I just took this whole supply and demand back to budgeting, (laughs) saving and living beneath your means. But you know, there's a direct link here. You will not be the victim of price gouging. You will not be the victim of short supply, not enough resources. If you do the basics, if you plan, if you save, if you put away six to 12 months for an emergency in the event that you lose your job, if you budget, if you balance a checkbook, all of that planning behavior makes you less susceptible to a supply and demand situation. Now, let's take a look at the pandemic. Okay, nobody could predict how much toilet paper you would need. Even if you're the best planner in the world, you didn't have that much toilet paper on hand or paper towel. But if you were a saver and you were a planner, you had the ability to maybe pay up for the resources when they hit the shelves, maybe, You couldn't get it at your usual price. Maybe you were paying more like um, hand sanitizer. I noticed a year ago was, you know, $49.99. And now there are shelves of hand sanitizer, two for a dollar, supply and demand. So if you're prepared, you can pay up for the hand sanitizer, right? You've saved, it's for an emergency. You're not going to be left without the resources. And maybe if you're a planner, you're there when the hand sanitizer isn't as in high a demand and you can take advantage of that and start to buy it for two for a dollar. So here's my point. Teach your children to be prepared so that they're not victims of a supply and demand situation. So that in an emergency, if they had to pay three times for a generator because it just was mandatory, they could. 
they could get the generator and then later report the person to the attorney general and maybe recoup their loss. But everybody's a loser if you don't have enough savings put aside to take yeah. care of emergencies, supply and demand emergencies. At what point does it turn into price gouging? You hear it with natural disasters, the water, the cost of water, bottled water goes up. Right. But at what point does it go? This might be a dumb question, but at what point does it turn into price gouging? A natural disaster that's declared by the governor or the president then puts you into the you cannot price gouge world. Prices become price gouging and illegal after a governor or a president has declared this a natural disaster. Ah, okay. So we had a little bit of a seat at the kids' table and a little bit of no dumb questions right there. I love it. Right. <laughs> All in there one no. right here. <laughs> one of the greatest life skills is to be able to say, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Right. And I'll say it for you guys. Anytime you have a dumb question, you ask me, I will ask it. Okay. Susan, thank you. <laughs> Give me a week to figure out the answer and I'm there for you. <laughs> okay. How can we find you and, uh, and follow you and reach out to you? You may. Read my blog at susanbeecham.com. And then you can move over to moneysavvy.com where we have a bunch of tools and resources that will help you get started on that conversation with your own kids about money. Have a good weekend. You too. That wraps it up. Another episode. If there's ever a question that you want us to answer in No Dumb Questions, just let me know. If there's a guest you want me to try to get on the show, reach out anytime. Or if you need help talking to the kids about money, we're here for you. Don't forget to click subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Share these episodes with a friend, someone you care about. And uh, we'll talk next week. 